Hey everybody, I hope you are having a wonderful afternoon. Hopefully we're gonna get done with this before the uh, sky opens up on me here in a little bit. I was just taking a look at the weather and 2021 is actually having a good time with Texas this year. But I hope everyone has uh, you know, been kind of faring well since the storms and we had some really crazy weather a few days ago and it just we're definitely getting that start of spring season and so one of the things that we're going to be adding to our class schedule is about hail claims and texas roofs and why a great insurance policy is so important and so keep an eye out for that we're going to have that class coming up probably in the next 60 days. We've got a ton of classes upcoming. I'm gonna go over a couple of them here in just a moment, but we've got some big ones upcoming. And so I'll fit that in where I can and we'll shoot you guys an email once I have that one scheduled. But a lot of clients that haven't owned in Texas before don't really understand how hail claims work with insurance policies. Generally, they only happen if you own the property for you know some set amount of time that's not real short and why we recommend filing them when you get to that point so that the roof has coverage and doesn't age out. And so we're going to talk about all of that. And I think that it's real important as we go into the spring season and kind of what we're approaching with summer, making sure that you have the right insurance policy. And so I'm going to have a guest come on and talk a little bit about why we recommend the type of policies that we do and why we use the carriers we do, especially as we come out of this freeze season where those policies are very, very important. So anyway, uh, keep an eye out that class will be upcoming and I think it's going to be a great one now one of the things that I mentioned I wanted to talk about as we move forward through the summer selling season is the new purchase contract and this is in effect we are already using it and it is absolutely fantastic this is going to be a long class maybe an hour hour and a half so make sure if you don't have time to sit on that of course we'll send it out to you after the fact anytime you register for one of the classes it'll email you a copy of the class after we're finished or you can always go on the other avenues to see that and I'll show you where you can go in just a second and then we're going to talk about cost segregation on June 2nd this is going to be another long one so again probably about an hour what we're going to look at is what you can expect from a cost segregation study and I'm actually going to show you one that I just did and how it saved me something like four million dollars in income so they're an amazing tool most people don't understand them and the biggest kind of misconception I hear is that most people don't realize they can be done on more than just commercial property so I'm going to show you a real-world example of what I've done I'm going to show you how that translates and then we're going to have a specialist on to go through with us what that process looks like but generally speaking very simple very easy and not expensive. There's a lot of companies out there trying to charge an arm and a leg for stuff like this. And of course you guys know that's not what we implement here at OmniKey. So I'm excited to show you that one too because I do recommend that you cost segregate. And we're gonna talk about how even though your cap gains can change with this, why if you're 1031 exchanging, it just doesn't matter because you're deferring till you die and then the basis resets 
upon death. So we'll go through all of those things. As always, you can jump on our Facebook to see upcoming classes and also register for those classes and just keep in touch with things that are going on here at OmniKey. And then you can always go on our website and go to our media page to watch all of these classes that we bring to you throughout the month. They typically take about two days to get up there. And so you can also go on YouTube and pull up all of the different ones over time and go back and watch them. The one thing I do like about YouTube is you can speed it up which I know you can't really do that a whole lot with me sometimes, sorry. But it is great if you like to listen to something on the way to work and you wanna put it at a little bit faster play speed, you can do that with YouTube. And all of our classes are up there and they cycle over every couple of years. So before I get into what we're gonna talk about today, as always, everything I'm gonna talk about is my best guess and judgment based on years of experience and operating both a real estate firm and an investment property company. Everything that I talk to you about are the models and the ideas and the ways in which I built my own business and my own investment strategies. But of course, this is just my way. I don't have a crystal ball. There are no guarantees in real estate. I am one tool that you're going to use. And then our goal is always to give you more information than what you should expect and let you have all the contacts and the people in your life who can help guide you on your investment journey. We are one of those people. And anytime we can't guide you on something, we have a just amazing referral network, an amazing group of people that we work with, and it really just makes the entire thing come together and work seamlessly. So when we talk about working seamlessly, that's a great segue into what we're talking about today. It is so important that you understand our model. And I say that because our model is different. And our model's not for everyone, right? Um, different businesses operate different ways and different people have different beliefs in how things should be done and mine is unique. Now it works for me, it works for you, but that doesn't mean it's the only way. So one of my goals with today is to help you understand when I put a policy in place or when I put a system in place, and yes, every system that exists at OmniKey is mine and Michael's vision and how we manage our portfolio and in turn how we manage yours and why we do it the way we do it. And so we work really hard to help you understand and be transparent about why we do things the way that we do them and what we feel the benefits are and how internally that works. So what we're gonna be talking about today is why we tier all of our leases to prime season. And this is really important because our entire model backbones on the property management and the property management backbones on walkthroughs and the point of all of it is the seamless re-renting and resell that it allows us to have from an operational standpoint. And so let's talk a little bit about how that works. And as always, as I go, there's a question box. You can submit your questions and I will answer them as you submit them. And we can just have an open dialogue about what we're talking about. Uh, essentially prime season to me really means the busiest time of year. So when you hear me and I say prime season a lot, it means a few things to me. It means it's busy. It means that there's a lot of volume going on. It means there's a lot of moving parts, but it means that it is the trifecta of what we're looking for. So it's gonna have the lowest supply relative to demand. It's gonna have the best potential for high prices and the best potential for a quick timeline. And so at the end of the day, at the integral core of why we talk about moving things into prime season is that it sets us up with the best possible potential to be able to succeed in whatever you are doing. What we find is that most people, and especially well-qualified tenants, tend to move at prime season. Let me give you an example. 
you have a couple who both work, they have high stress, high paid jobs, they live in a rental home. The middle of September rolls around, they've got kids in school, their business is ramping up for year end, they have a lease that's up and they're moving. That is not the norm. Let me give you another example. Two people are living in a property. They've been struggling in COVID. One of them lost their job. They've been month to month on their lease. They can no longer afford to stay where they are. Yes, the kid's already in school. Yes, there's no inventory, but I really need to move districts. We're gonna go ahead and move in September. Now that latter example is more in line with what we see. So what we find is that most people prefer to move when things are calm. They prefer to move when things are smooth. And they prefer not to, if they have children, uproot them in the middle of the year. So when we look at tenant quality, and talking about tenant quality, I'm talking about the length of employment, the credit score, and just the general overall qualification. We find that we have more high qualified tenants moving in prime season than we have in off season. And it's just the nature of the fact that summer tends to be less busy for people. There's not as many obligations you have. We don't have all the big holidays. We don't have the family events. If you have children, you don't have recitals and soccer practice and all the things that can get in the way of life. And in addition, the weather is mild. And that's a big one because a lot of people don't wanna be moving in the middle of rainy season and they don't wanna be moving in the middle of winter. And so these are all things to keep in mind. Now, when we talk about prime season, I'm really talking about about when spring break ends, so the middle of March, all the way to the end of July. But our sweet spot is May to June. What we find is that the vast majority of tenants move right around the end of May to the end of June. This presents unique challenges, and I'll tell you some of what that looks like. So our portfolio size, as you know, is well over 2,000. So we are signing ourselves and our staff up for increased workload in prime season because we are doing what we need to do to make sure that these leases are up in prime season. So for my staff and for my team and for me, summer is our busiest time of year, not only because it's prime season, but because of how we treat prime season, not only from the rental perspective, but also the sale perspective. The benefit of prime season is it gives us the potential to have virtually zero vacancy. And that both applies to a release or a resale. Now, the thing to keep in mind about a sale, you're almost always gonna sell in prime season. That's pretty normal, I would say. I think that most selling agents are gonna tell you that's the time of year to sell. And it's because a lot of people are looking and it's just where you're gonna see top dollar and the vast number of people looking for a home. Now, you might be thinking, well, right now Dallas is just crazy. Everyone's looking all the time. And that's absolutely true. I can tell you what it's like right now is we are all chickens with our head cut off, all of us. It's just an unbelievable market right now. but even in the times where things are not as hot, which I don't think we're gonna see that anytime soon, summer is just a great time of year to make moves. And so one benefit of tiering our leases to prime season is to capitalize on that. And I'm gonna talk a little bit about how the sales side works in a moment, but let's talk about how the 60 day re-renting period plays into all this and how it dictates where the timing is. So let's first kind of break down what a 60 day re-renting period is. And all of you hopefully know this, but if you're new to us, you may not. We write into all of our leases a 60-day period where we are showing and marketing the property at the end of the lease. This is really important. Number one, it allows us to be showing and seeking applicants for the property while the tenant still lives there. That's step one of helping avoid vacancy. 
Now, how do we make that happen? Number one, it's written into our lease. Our lease allows us to do that. Our lease allows us to put a lockbox on it, allows us to have showings. It negates the responsibility of liability for showings because of that happening. And it allows us to really have the maximum amount of time to find a tenant, find a quality tenant, them give notice to vacate wherever they're currently living and have time for this tenant to move out and then move in. So let's say we didn't do a 60-day re-renting period and we merely listed the property when the tenant vacates, like many companies do. What happens is you seek a tenant, let's say day 10 of the listing, you find a tenant. A good tenant is often not gonna give notice until they have a place to go, especially in a market like what we're in right now. And most tenants have to give 30 to 45 days notice. That tenant's not gonna want a lot of double rent. Often they can't afford it, even if they're well qualified. And so now we've got a 30-day wait before that tenant's going to move in. So what we see is that by providing that 60-day period, it allows us to have the sweet spot, the sweet spot of marketing, the sweet spot of having tenants lined up and being able to minimize the time period between tenancies. And that's huge. Now, if you are putting the property for sale, if you're putting the property up for sale at any time during the lease, we have the right to put a lockbox on under our lease. So I wanna be clear, we don't have to have the 60 day period for a sale. So many of you that decide to sell your property and I recommend listing 90 days out, that's how we're able to do that. This 60 day period only applies to a re-renting, not to a resell. And notice can be given by the landlord or by the tenant. And once that notice hits that 60 days prior to the end of the lease, that is when that marketing period starts for lease. But if you're selling your property, we're gonna recommend a little bit longer, and that's because of closing timelines, and we want it to close right as the tenant vacates or with the tenant in place. And I'll, I'll go a little bit more detail on that in a moment. Now, how do we make all this happen? The backbone of everything we do is our walkthroughs. And let me tell you why. When we have a property that we are putting up for rent, it is important that when someone else walks into that property, they feel confident in the condition of that property. It's important that they're safe walking into that property. What the walkthroughs allow us to do is be able to say, yes, we have cited this tenant for X, Y, and Z. They have taken care of X, Y, and Z. This property is show ready. Is it perfect? No. Is it staged? No. But is it good enough that we can entice the right people to want to rent it? Because when we provide a great product, the goal is to entice a great tenant. If you provide a poor quality product, then you're more likely to attract someone who that's all that they can get into. And so we find a huge correlation between condition of property and the quality of tenants that we can get. And I believe that's a big reason why we have the success that we do, especially as we navigated through COVID. And a lot of that happens because of the sect of the market that we deal in. You know, we didn't have a lot of servers and waitresses. We didn't have a lot of people that were in service industries because those tend to have a different criteria than what we are looking for, harder to prove income. And so often what we have are your typical employed situations with set paychecks, set hours, set pay rates. And that did wind up faring better as we navigated the last year. Let's talk a little bit about what the market looks like. And I'm just giving you this information so that you can understand when I talk about why we're capitalizing on what's happening, this is exactly what I'm talking about. So when we look at the average days on market, we're looking at about 42 days on market average right now. And this is looking at sale properties. 
you look at Austin, which is going crazy, it's 26 days. And for those of you that aren't real familiar with Austin, it's not a good rental market. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, and that's that's not something I'm going to cover today. But when we do the market comparison class in a few weeks, that's going to be something we're going to talk about. Dallas is 33 days. Fort Worth is 30 days. Houston is 41 days. And San Antonio is 44 days. So there's a significant difference between marketing timelines in each of these areas. And what we're finding is very similar days on market between sale listings and rental listings. But what we are finding is that of the rental applications we're getting, we are having to reject more than usual. And that's just because I think, number one, a lot of people are moving into the suburbs and out of the dense areas. And also a lot of people got hit hard in COVID. And so I think that's something that we are seeing across the board. And we are seeing more backup applications on properties than we've ever seen before. We are actually to the point now where we have so many backup applications on some new listings that we're actually pulling it off the market while we weed through them all. I had one property that had something like 20 applications within the first week. So very, very important to keep in mind how hot the market is and to remember that we are trying to entice the right tenant for these properties. But part of that partnership is having the right property. And that means those walkthroughs are integral importance. Now, this is just an interesting chart. I want you to see what the market has done. And you really can look at as COVID started and what's happened since and how just incredible boom uh, we have been seeing here in North Texas and Texas in general. And so it's just crazy. I mean, there's no other word for it, guys. The market is doing unbelievable and it is because arguably we are the best market in the United States, one of the best in the world. We have a diversification of employment. We have so much employer relocation coming here. I know I hit it home all the time, but it's a very, very interesting thing that we are seeing right now. What we are seeing on the rental side is most listings are leasing almost immediately. And listings that are typically more challenging to rent and markets that are more challenging to rent, uh, San Antonio is a good example. Sometimes it can be much more difficult to rent something down there. We are seeing a huge difference this year. What we are also seeing is lots of people wanting to push the envelope. And I will caution you against that some people think, and it's incorrect, that because the market is so insane for sales, that that means you can really push your rents beyond what is reasonable. And the one thing I do wanna caution you on is be very careful with that. We've had a few owners lately where I've made a recommended price and they choose to go above that. And most of the time they wind up having to come back to our price. You have to remember, we are already pushing the envelope. We are already pushing the market. And so when you go above and beyond that, just because the market's hot, tenants are on a budget, often more so than a homeowner, and they are going to search within whatever that budget is. It's not common for us to see a tenant trying to spend far outside their means unlike what we potentially see in the home buyer world. And it's because we are looking for a different income ratio than what mortgage professionals do. When you look at a mortgage, many of them will go up to 50% DTI. So that means that they will allow 50% of the income to go to a home payment. We won't allow that. We look for someone to make three times the rent. And most of them have negligible other debt potentially cars, but if they have lots of other debts and things, then generally that's not going to be someone that's going to qualify or it's someone that we're going to look at bonding the security deposit higher. So very important to keep in mind that although maybe you can push the envelope within the average income that you're going to attract in your area, 
but you are setting someone up to fail and you are attracting people who are not managing their money with the same budgetary requirements that we look for in a rental property. So something to keep in mind, home ownership is at 50 year lows. And so 50% or more of people in our market are renters. And that's a pretty market standard number across the United States right now. A lot of people are not wanting to tie themselves down to home ownership. And it's a great thing that we're seeing because we're seeing a lot of ability for people to budget and to save and to do these things. It's not that they can't buy. We are, if nothing else, targeting people who really probably could buy but that's not where they see their path. And so we are capitalizing on that, but it's very important to make sure that when we do that listing, that we go in at the right price up front and we make it look as good as we can and we entice the right people. So just keep in mind, hot market doesn't always mean that you can just go to unreasonable rent rates. Now, inventory is lower than I've ever seen it. You know, I've been in the Dallas market almost 16 years. I started my business here in DFW and it's it's incredible. Every property that comes up just about is multiple offer. And, you know, part of it is because the people relocating here are used to that type of market. And part of it is because there's just not enough properties coming up. There's so many people moving here and the supply shortage, the increased cost of building, the fact that they're building so much high density in apartments and that's where they put all their eggs in the basket. There's so many things happening as to why this is going on. But the bottom line is that there is no inventory. There's just not enough inventory to fuel the people moving here. And most of the areas that I buy in and the areas I talk about a lot, they have almost no apartments. And so the entirety of all their luxury apartment dwellers are having to go to single family homes and we're capitalizing on that. By the time the market got so crazy, those developers didn't want to go build in these suburbs. They want to go in the main city because they can make so much more money, but it leaves a huge need in the suburbs. And that's one of the reasons I'm a big believer in the suburb play and not the inner city play. Now, one thing you'll find interesting is look at San Antonio and Houston relative to DFW and relative to Austin. So all of DFW's days on market and inventory timelines are great. They're all better than the standard and all better than the average, but Dallas is performing at double what Houston is right now. And that's something to keep in mind because it goes back to what I talk about, about market volatility and the different diversifications in the DFW marketplace. And now what's happening in Austin as well that allows them to have more protection. The problem with Austin, and I'm gonna talk more about this and when we look at the market comparison, is they price themselves out and they have far too lenient of many of their rules and regulations, and we don't see the pro-landlord feel and support in the court system there that we do here in North Texas. But at the end of the day, it's the sheer pricing that is a major concern for me for Austin, because if we do have any type of downturn, which I, I don't think that's gonna happen, I really don't, and I'm banking on the fact it's not going to based on my own acquisitions, but if we did see something in Austin, I think that they are so over what they should be the fact that Austin is more expensive than Dallas and Dallas-Fort Worth blows my mind. But it just goes back to our argument that Dallas is still so undervalued. So anyway, the bottom line is everything that we look at is looking at what the market is doing and how we're going to navigate market changes to make sure that we are maximizing every step we take. There's not one thing here at Omniki that I don't overanalyze and Michael and I don't look at a process and design what we think is going to set us up with the best chance of success. So when you bring a property to us, if you already had a property manager or you were self-managing, you're going to hear us talk a lot about tearing those leases back to prime season. And that's exactly what we're going to do. 
And if you have a tenant who moves in the middle of the year, you're going to see us almost all the time tier those back into the prime months. And that is because we want to be able to capitalize on all these things happening. And if and when you decide to sell, or if you're following our model of selling every two to six years, you're going to want to be prepared to have the timing work where the tenant is vacating at the same time where the buyers want to buy and you have the best competition because competition means price increases. And that's exactly what we are looking for. Um, I see a couple questions here about acquisitions. I'm going to ignore those for this and I'm going to encourage you to reach out to me directly, uh, CEO at OmniKeyTexas.com. And I'll answer those separately since it's not really a part of this particular class today. I think other than that, I've hit all of these questions. I'll do one last call for Q&A today. And then of course, as always, if you think of anything after we finish here, you can always call me or email me and I'm happy to answer any questions you have about this process and how it works. But um, you know, if your lease doesn't already have that two month re-renting period in there, you will find that the new lease we write for that property will because we wanna make sure that's protected regardless of whether we place that tenant or whether we inherited them. All right, I'm not seeing anything else I haven't already covered. So I thank everybody for being here and I will look forward to seeing you for the next class in just a couple of weeks. Otherwise, feel free to reach out if you need anything. And as always, thank you so much for being a part of the OmniKey family. It's truly our blessing and pleasure to be able to work with all of you and uh, look forward to speaking with you soon. Thanks again.